Welcome to Bit Party Goes to the Movies, a Bit Party short where we watch contemporary films that are in theaters now. I'm your co-host Jared Cotta. I'm your co-host Brendan Cotta. And today we have a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Danielle Abel. I'm a longtime listener of Bit Party. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second guest that we have had on here that was wooed by a podcast talent. <laughs> Danielle is my girlfriend and also uh, one of the original Big Bit Party fans. Danielle, do you want to tell us what else you've been doing around Miami when you're not listening to Bit Party? So I'm a physical therapy student. I've been here for about two and a half years and I'm just in the library most weekends. <laughs> <laughs> Thrilling. <laughs> so I have to imagine you need a lot of podcasts to kind of get you through your commute and and uh, you're studying. What else do you listen to? Absolutely. I do listen to quite a few podcasts. Um, I think my favorite recently, which actually Brendan introduced to me, is Sawbones. It's a marital tour of misguided medicine. I feel like that goes right with my career, so why not be productive while also podcasting? That's perfect. And have you been on any of these other podcasts before? Uh, Absolutely not. This will be the first for me. Nice. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, Well, you may or may not know that this is a podcast about movies. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) It's true. So, can you tell us what your favorite film is? You've you've mentioned it before, and uh, I really want the listeners to hear it, because it's an awesome one. Yeah. So, yeah, we've talked about this, and mine is Mrs. Doubtfire. It's the first movie I really remember wanting to watch just over and over again. I remember first seeing it at my grandpa's house, and... It really got me into that like romantic comedy life that I now live most days, so um, that would be my favorite. I don't know if I've ever heard of Mrs. Doubtfire as a romantic comedy, but I guess it actually is. I, I never thought yeah. of it that way. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, really, that's a unique um, favorite movie. Yeah. Danielle, do you want to introduce the movie that we watched for this episode? Sure, Jared. Um, this week we watched The Lion King Remake. The, li- <laughs> the Lion the King official, Remade. The official title is the live-action Lion King Remake. The next one will be the Lion King Reloaded. <laughs> Disney's been on this live-action kick for a little bit now. I think it started with... Actually, I'm not... Well, it technically kind of started with like the Alice in Wonderland... Uh, movies, yes, uh, which were which were kind of weird, and then it has they've done Jungle Book, uh, also Aladdin, Cinderella, and the Maleficent movies were some of the originals that they did. I think they realized they had to take the reins from Tim Burton after the Alice in Wonderland's ones. Yeah, didn't go so great. Danielle, what is your favorite Disney movie? Uh, I would say it would have to be Aladdin, which I actually haven't seen the live action version yet, but um, that was definitely my childhood favorite because I connected with Jasmine on a personal level because she was the only princess that didn't wear a dress, and I loved that. That's an excellent cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, Brendan, what is your favorite Disney movie? Mine is actually The Lion King. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that worked (laughs) out so well because um, it came out the same year I was born, uh, so it was the first movie that I was shown when I was a baby. I feel like because of that, I've always connected to it and obviously watched it a lot when I was a kid. 
What about you? What's your favorite? My fa- favorite is Alice in Wonderland. Uh, oh, that's an excellent. So I hope that they'll eventually remake the remake and uh, give it a little bit more of the original colorful rainbowness rather than the acid trip that the <laughs> remake was. That would be a really good one to remake, actually. Okay, so the the Lion King was was really cool, and and it has been getting absolutely destroyed by professional critics. Unbelievable. Unbelievably destroyed, like a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. However, fans have been singing its praises. Yeah. And, and I, I have to admit that even though I knew what was coming, I still cried a lot. Oh, yeah. But everybody knows that, I've, that has listened to the podcast that I am a huge movie crier. <laughs> I cry at sad scenes and happy scenes. So this one was always getting to me. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? I didn't cry, but I tend also not to cry at movies. <laughs> okay. However, the soundtrack still gave me chills. I feel like every... Mm-hmm song that I connected with originally gave me chills when I saw it in the live action version. So it definitely elicited an emotional response from me as well. Okay. There was a part for me, it was right when Mufasa leaps out of the the stream of of Wildebeest where I had the realization of like, oh, I'm not ready to see this again. Like, I need to get out of here right now. (laughs) (laughs) There was one adult man that I noticed left right during that scene. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, you got to go to the bathroom during the most exciting part of the film. Yeah, yeah okay. No, 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 no. We all, we all know why you're stepping out right now to not tr- cry in front of your children. The What pisses me off about the bad ratings is that the story is the same. Yeah. There's slight tweaks to some of the jokes and some of the, the songs, but... If you liked the original version, then how do you not like this one? That's my question to to the other critics out there. But that leads us into our ratings. We're going to save the best for last, Danielle. So I want you to go first. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. You go last. Brendan, why don't you go first? I gave this movie an eight. Okay, that's solid. Yeah, I thought it was an incredible movie. I think the only reason it didn't get slightly higher was because it's working off the foundation of an excellent movie already. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a movie that's made for people who absolutely love the original. Sure. You know I, mean, what I mean, it's a really solid score. Yeah. I, I gave it an 8.5 because I think that it actually exceeded my expectations, which oh, really? I guess is a little bit hypocritical for me to say, given the fact that it's the same story like I've been talking about. But I was really impressed with the animation, with their mm-hmm. attention to detail when it came to redoing that entire first scene um, with all of the animals. I mean, it was like a shot-for-shot remake with just the animated versions of the of the creatures. Yeah. That was so incredible. And, and throughout the film, it, it really was a moving experience, and, and it reinvigorated that feeling that I had when I watched it the first time, which I was a lot younger then, so it in some ways is an entirely new experience, because I don't think I've watched the animated version for some time. Yeah. So this was me as an adult watching The Lion King and feeling completely different in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Danielle. Now it's time for the best. All right. So I gave this movie a 7, and I'll tell you why it's a little bit lower than y'all's scores, is I had a lot of trouble connecting to the animation animals this Mm. time, because 
I felt like for me it was really hard in like a real animal, a real looking animal anyways, to create the same facial expressions that you can do with animation. So um, I felt like a lot of the very dramatic scenes, the very happy scenes, the very sad scenes, like were not exactly the same for me because I couldn't see it in their faces. Um, as well as kind of the speaking sometimes didn't line up with the, the way their mouths were moving um, in the way I thought they would and something like that. Um, but I did give it a seven because again, it's like an original story or it's from the original story and that is amazing. Obviously, I love that movie and essentially I think this movie relied heavily on the original to move people and the original soundtrack to move people and it did a great job at that so that's why I gave it seven so um but I ended up really liking the movies. I agree with you uh I thought that because they couldn't see the mouth moving in a human way the when they were watching it and recording I think that the lines felt a little bit more rushed than they did in the original uh, that was just some like tiny little thing that I mm -hmm. noticed was that I felt like the delivery was slightly different than it would be in a in a cartoon version that could be because you when you see something that's familiar you expect it to reenact exactly the way that you remember it so it maybe just takes time to get used to this is their take on it or this is like donald glover's version of simba or this is yeah. uh billy eichner's version of timon you know it doesn't mean that it's uh it, it's worse but it was different and in, in something that's so culturally established I think that that's a hard hill to get over. I felt the exact same way as you. The animation of the animals trying to make them look as realistic as possible is incredible. And I think how realistic they ended up looking kind of made me not understand the critics. A lot of critics were calling this a, just a cash grab by Disney, um, similar to how they're, you know, they kept pumping out straight to direct-to-DVD to sequels of movies. But... Um, I actually really disagree because of how high the production value is. Like, this is less a cash grab to me and more a company putting a tremendous amount of time and effort into a property that, like, that I have a lot of respect and, like, connects with me very deeply. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's really awesome that since we have all this new technology to become, to make all these um, movies we loved um, new and sometimes better, but I think I'm one of those people that's, my heart's with the original movie. It's going to be really, really hard to change my mind, and I think that's also why I'm a little biased with this one. That's fair. That's fair. Before we get into the characters that we pick for our bit parts, there's a couple characters that we felt like really stood out, and I'm sure that they're standing out to, to the general public. It was Timon and Pumbaa, played by Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. And they were absolutely incredible. And Brendan, you actually had an idea about why their chemistry was so good, and it turned out to be true. Yeah, I, it seemed like they recorded together. They had an incredible amount of chemistry, and, and the back and forth was probably some of the highlights of, of the film. Yeah, and they did such a good job making these roles their own mm -hmm. without needing to rely so heavily on the original. That uh, was great. Well, that, that kind of segues nicely into our, our bit parts. Uh, it wouldn't be a bit party without <laughs> some new movie pitches. Uh, because I, I actually want to go first because I want to talk about another character that was an unlikely star to me in, in this version, which was John Oliver playing Zazu. So Zazu is also my bit part, and he was hilarious. He was great. 
Yeah, I thought that he was like made for this role. It was perfect for him. My bit part is Zazu, and the movie that I would pitch is just exactly how did he become a trusted member of the king's advisory board? He's the only bird in <laughs> any seat of power, and he is a very unique character, and uh, obviously one of the only British characters. So yeah, that has to mean something. So maybe he was trapped by like British colonists at some time. He learned. <laughs> I'm not sure, but he escaped and he returned to to be uh, a member of Mufasa's king's advisory board his inner circle Mm -hmm. yeah and clearly disney knows how to write for john oliver i think a lot of why that character was so good was because they knew lines that would sound good delivered by john oliver with his comedic style so a new movie with centered around him i think would be really interesting yeah uh brennan what was uh, your bit part character my bit part character well i have two of them um, because they're found together a lot in the movie my characters are kamari and azizi who um, are the new names for the the two hyenas, the two male hyenas uh, that used to be named Bonsai and Ed. Oh, okay, yeah. So these two characters are played by Keegan-Michael Key and Eric Andre, Mm -hmm. who are two comedians that I absolutely love. I think that they, I really like their work, and I thought that their chemistry and how well they worked together was incredible. Yeah, they were awesome. We didn't get enough scenes of just the two of them. So I would love a movie where it's them doing their thing. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, Danielle. All right, so I picked Shenzi. I think I pronounced that right. And she is like head honcho hyena, and she's very like sassy and powerful. And I really like the way they portrayed her in this movie because she actually wasn't one of Scar's, you know, it seemed in the original she began as one of Scar's right hand woman, but this time he actually had to convince her into it. And at the end, she actually turned on him pretty fast when she figured out what was going on. So I would like a movie where she rules her own land and um, something to spin off of that. Yeah. I like that they turned her from just another one of the group into almost the den mother of the rest of the hyenas. She was much bigger and stronger and more independent. Yeah, I liked her a lot. That actress, Florence Kasumba, is the is in Black Panther. She is the leader of the of the Kingsguard, so it's, she's clearly on retainer for Disney. Yeah. And she's an awesome <laughs> actress. So they always are lucking out with those uh, with these actors. Yeah, um, that's great. That was, that's a really good bit part movie pitch. Yeah, way to go. That's your first your first <laughs> go at fun. it. You're an yeah. actor. Check it out. What is that it? That is not a lion. It's a furry bird. It looks like a lion. That's not a lion. Let me get a closer look. It's a lion. Run for your life. Wait, so obviously this movie tried to, while staying true to the original content, forge its own path and not use many original actors, um, give everything a different look. Um, but one of the actors that I think that they had to stick with was James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. And something that kept choking me up when he was on screen was I can't imagine how emotional it must have been for him to record the same lines that he's so famous for as Mufasa in the original movie. Mm-hmm. Like his talk with Simba and like remember who you are. It must have been incredible having to go back in or getting to go back in and redo those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for a new generation. That's really cool. Yeah, and, and John Favreau, he made a point to recruit James Earl Jones specifically for Mufasa to, to do 
that role again to carry on that legacy. He said that was the one character that he wanted to bring back, even though a lot of other people that were in the original movie are, are still alive and acting. I thought that that was a, a awesome creative choice and yeah. um, it's really yeah. paying off. And I think that it's so great that a new generation of kids are experiencing The Lion King. Although I have to say that it's been a while since I've been in a children's movie. <laughs> and it was the loudest theater. But I it decided was a lot. It was so much loud. going on. <laughs> there's, one, there's one kid out of rattle. Oh, yeah. I was like, don't bring that to the theater. But I was like, okay, I'm very patient because this is yeah. I'm like in a children's movie. You don't realize how many quiet parts there are in movies until there's constant chattering when the quiet parts happen. Yeah. <laughs> It's a different experience. Yeah, it was great. Overall, amazing movie. Go check out The Lion King in theaters now. Yeah.